This is Your Life, God's Truth, your QFM. It's Phil here in the Bemidji studio, and I've got on the phone with me Dr. Clint Archer, and he's going to be speaking at the Act Like Men conference in Grand Forks coming up on Saturday, February 5th. Dr. Archer, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you, Philip. Well, thank you for taking the time. And uh, just a little bit about you. I know you were born and raised in South Africa, and you trained at the Master's Seminary in Los Angeles. That's uh, that's John MacArthur's institution, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. In fact, my wife is a, a third-generation um, member of that church. Her grandmother was there before John MacArthur, so that's where I met her, and, and we got married. Oh, that is amazing. All right, and now you serve as the senior pastor of Christ Fellowship Baptist Church in Mobile, Alabama, and you also yep. are a, a weekly contributor for a theology blog called The Crippled Gate, and I want to get into that a little bit as well. You've authored some mm-hmm. books, and you and your wife, Kim, have four kids and a Jeep, I understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was excited about that uh, Jeep when I first got it and was typing up my bio on the on the blog. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So do you ever get out and go four-wheeling with the Jeep? or? Oh, yeah. I love it. So in South Africa, you can't get the Jeep Wrangler. So to me, it's oh. always the... Uh, it was the the quintessential American car. That was that's the car I bought when I got you. <laughs> well, I gotta spill the beans here. Pastor Anton at Faith Evangelical Free Church is also from South Africa, and turns out you guys have known each other for a long time, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You were at the same church in South Africa. Is that the deal? Yeah, the church I got saved in was a church started by an American missionary, and uh, I got saved. On, through their campus outreach and joined mm-hmm. that church. And uh, Anton and, and Mariki and I kind of briefly overlapped, but we really became friends when he came out to Monster Seminary and, and they were our neighbors. That is terrific. And he's a great guy. I know they're fortunate to have him at Faith Evangelical Free Church in Grand Forks. And the church is really uh, doing a lot of neat things, looking outside the walls of the church, sponsoring events like this one, the Act Like Men Conference. And you're going to be uh-huh. coming to share on Saturday, February 5th. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, this theme of biblical masculinity. I'm assuming you had a hand in picking the theme for this men's conference. What can you tell us about it? I'm a man under authority, so I do what I'm told, and, and that was the, the theme that was given to me. But it is one of my passions because I believe, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of confusion about, um, well, gender roles and roles within the family and in the church, and the Bible is crystal clear on these issues, and I just love teaching it, uh, especially to to young men and and family men um, who might not have thought through these issues that closely, to just have it uh, unfolded uh, in front of their eyes from Scripture. Um, You know, it's not my opinion or my authority, it's the authority of God's Word and what He says, and, you know, Paul told Timothy to to preach the word in season and out of season. And so there have been seasons in in history where these types of uh, topics have been easily accepted, um, and then there's seasons where they're a little bit more controversial, and I, I think we're heading into one of those seasons right now. And so I just want to bring some biblical clarity to the men who attend the conference. Um, and uh, the last time we, we had a conference like this at that church, we just had a ton of positive feedback from people who said they had their eyes opened and how they strengthened their marriages and their parenting and gave some direction to their life if they're maybe a young, a young single man, not sure what to do instead of playing video games all day and uh, uh, taking it easy, rather getting a clue and a direction and some responsibility and, uh, and you know, 
go find a wife and, and marry her and uh, and lead and, and shepherd your flock, uh, you know, your children that God gives you, and, and just be a contributing member in, in the kingdom of God. Man, it's so rewarding, too, to act like a biblical man and the authority uh-huh. that God does give us, the responsibilities that God gives us. And it is clear in Scripture. And, you know, one of the reasons, I suppose, why men aren't getting it is they're not in Scripture enough to be able to figure that out. So I'm assuming that'll be one of the things to share is just encouraging men to get to know God through His Word. Well, absolutely. I mean, the the culture is always pumping um, their view, the the consensus view, through media, through, you know, people watch TV or they read books or they see what's trending on Twitter or what celebrities say. And and there's a lot of confusion. You know, on the one extreme, you've got this toxic masculinity, and we're actually going to be looking at that in the life of Samson in a sermon called uh, Sin Makes You Stupid, Hmm. um, because Samson really is a great example of how not to be a man, you know, he yes. has all the makings of a manly man, but he abuses his his strength, and um, and so we're going to look at that. And but on the other extreme, you get people that are like they're, they're so worried about the toxic masculinity side that they actually there's a feminization of men in the church, and so we want to look in the New Testament for the you know the model of manliness and the the warfare motif of of fighting. You know, we need to fight Satan, and we need to fight ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, our flesh and fight sin. And, and I think that we've lost some of the, the comfort that the Church has had with that type of language because there's confusion as to at, at what point does this now become toxic masculinity. You know, it seems like in this instance and many others, the pendulum just swings too far. And back in right. the middle of the, you know, the 20th century, World War II, etc., you know, men were strong and <clears throat> leading families, maybe in some cases, the godly part wasn't as strong as it could have been, but it was, a, I guess, a good time to be a man. And then, you know, there was the whole dominance of the household and, you know, men were were too strong and, you know, right. were uh, not giving women their fair shake, whether it was in the workforce or whatever the case may be. But now, wow, mm-hmm. that pendulum certainly is swinging. You can even see it, uh, Dr. Archer, when you look at government, you know, a lot of the new elected authorities, whether it's in Congress or, you know, even in cities and so forth, are women. I mean, there's a lot of women now as uh, uh, police commissioners at major cities all over the country. That's part of that pendulum swing, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so I think we also need to be careful about um, thinking, uh, confusing roles in the family and church with roles in society. Um, And so I don't think Scripture would have any problem with um, a woman being the CEO of a company or, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, the, the head of an organization or even a politician, a leader in, in that sense. Um, I think it's different. Obviously, the Scriptures make it clear that it's different in the family and in the church. Um, but you talk about uh, the world wars, and, you know, there, was, there wasn't even a question in anyone's mind as to who to whom the responsibility fell in order to go and defend the innocent. Right. It fell to the able-bodied men. There was no discussion of, well, should we send the women in too? Because, you know, we're all equal in God's eyes. Like, yes, we're equal in, in essence. But, um, you know, if, if, there's a, if something goes bump in the night in our house, I don't wake up my wife and say, honey, it's your turn. I checked on it last time. You know, I don't rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to defend the family? It's like, I, I'm the man. That's, that's my job. That's my 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 role and her privilege as a woman is 
is to have me give my life to defend her and our children. And so if, if danger is going to attack my children, so be it, but it'll be over my dead body. Yeah. And uh, there's no such thing as, well, we're equal now. And so, you know, honey, you have to go and I'll stay back and look after the kids. Yeah. And, and that's the confusion that's stepping in here um, because men aren't sure what their role is allowed to be. You know, it's, an, it's a masculine instinct to provide for and to protect. Uh, but now we're being told often by, you know, worldly influences in the media and that, that that's toxic masculinity, that's uh, domineering, and um, it's disrespectful to women to, to think that you need to protect them. It's, I think the Bible says the exact opposite, that it's a, it's a way of honoring women, that yes, of course, mm. they can, women can do anything men can do, often a lot better, uh, but they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't need a team of women being our garbage men, and we shouldn't have a team of women um, going to fight terrorism. You know, we, we shouldn't need that. Yes, they can do it. They can do it as well as men, but they, they, they shouldn't need to. And don't you think this whole uh, idea of women and feminism and so forth and toxic masculinity, it's taking a toll on marriage. I mean, there's uh, our, our lack of people getting married, you know, and... Uh, men uh, leading the way in courting and asking uh, women to get married and do things right as far as having children and so forth. Uh, it's really taken a toll on that, too, with, with people getting married and having kids. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a, there's a large delay these days in, in marriage. Um, there's a misunderstanding of priorities. People want to sort of get their financial house in order which, which I agree with if you define that biblically, that you have your needs covered. You know, you, you have a job right. you can provide, but that doesn't mean you, you need to have a college fund set up before you have kids. Uh, you know, go ahead and have kids and trust God to, to provide through your work. And, and this delay also comes from this confusion of whose role is it to initiate a relationship and the, the fear of, you know, you, you, you flirt with a girl and you ask her out and now suddenly that's offensive um, in, in certain Realm yeah. that you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. That's presuming too much, and so people are trading on eggs and on eggshells, and they're not sure what they can and can't and should and shouldn't do. And I think it's just overthinking things. If you just get back to the basics of how the Bible paints hmm. the man as the leader in the relationship, I, I think a godly woman uh, responds well to that and and loves it that the man takes that leadership. Um, yeah. And of course, that leadership involves service and sacrifice and love which is another thing men get wrong. Um, they emphasize the leadership aspect and not the sacrifice aspect. And, and so th that's what we're going to do in this conference, is just talk about that balance that the Bible brings clarity to. It's going to be great. It's called the Act Like Men Conference at Faith Evangelical Free Church in Grand Forks, Saturday, February 2nd. And you can register at info.faithfree.com. And there is an early bird sign-up going on right now through January 16th where you can get in for just $25. After that, it goes to 35 And Dr. Archer, you would certainly encourage uh, dads to bring, like, what, teenage sons, that kind of thing, and on up, probably? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think any, any boy who hears what their dad's hearing is, is going to learn from that and give them something to talk about. But certainly uh, young teenagers yeah. all the way through, um, highly encouraged single men, uh, college-age men, um, to come, and of course, fathers and even grandfathers. I think that there's a there's a wonderful role that grandfathers can play in the life of their um, in their, their children. By and a lot of that is staying out of your children's business. You know, um, but and, and being there as a support. Um, yes. You know, in my book, 
uh, I have a book called The Home Team that has a chapter on on the the support structures for the family and how grandparents uh, they need a lot of wisdom to to thread that needle between interference and and help and support. But um, I think it is a, a very valuable and necessary role. Again, register at info.faithfree.com for this conference. You're originally from South Africa, and now you're here in the United States. Do you think this this problem, if you will, or the struggle that we're having as men, is it somewhat, you know, stronger in the United States compared to other places in the world, or do you pretty much see it everywhere? Um, you know, I've traveled extensively uh, in, in ministry, and I, I can say that I've seen wherever you go where the Bible isn't um, revered and taught and submitted to, there's going to be confusion in in gender roles. And in certain cultures, it goes the one way where the men are uh, too domineering and yeah. not sacrificial and loving. And uh, in the in our Western culture, in parts of South Africa and, and in the States and Canada, and that it seems to be going in the other way, where men aren't um, stepping up as leaders enough because of the, the fear and confusion involved in that. Yeah. Dr. Archer, you are a prolific writer. You've written some books, and you are a blogger as well on a site called The Cripple Gate. I'm on that right now, and I know there's some wonderful history in the name of Cripple Gate. Uh, can you take 60 seconds and, and give us the background of this blogging site, The Cripple Gate? It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah, the, the Cripple Gate was, uh, .com was started by uh, my friend Jesse Johnson and I and a couple of other um, Master Seminary students way back in the day. I think we've almost been at it now for more than 10 years. Um, and uh, it's named after a place in England um, where the Puritans used to gather and uh, discuss theology and sort of debate theology in a little public forum. Um, and then Spurgeon picked that up um, many years later, and he would have his theological students go there, and that's where they would talk about theology. And so we resurrected it in the, the cyber world of just a, a platform for us to talk about theology and ministry and uh, apply it to our lives and uh, and hear comments from, from our readers. Mm. So we've had, you know, well over 10 million um, readers join that over the years, and uh, we, we used to blog every single day. Um, and so there's just a massive... Uh, repository of, of knowledge there for people to search um, wow. and, and find out things about theology. Yeah, I mean, Cripplegate was an actual gate out on the yeah. edge of the city of London and and where people would gather. And, and you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, in the Bible when Paul goes to Athens, you know, and people like to mm-hmm. uh, just talk about stuff, you know. But this really was right. about theology, and I love—there's a lot of explanation about it on this site, uh, thecripplegate.com. You've got a blog up there just from a couple of days ago called Pew Warming Prohibited, uh, Serve yes, the Saints. Right. I, I read that. It's just fascinating. Uh, great stuff, Dr. Archer. Thank you. What I like to do on Mondays is um, I, I take sermons that I've preached and I turn them into blog posts so that uh, as, if people are, are preaching on that passage, they can find an example of an outline that I've used or illustrations just to, to help preachers um, flesh out their sermons. So if you ever want to just type in a passage and go and see if it's if it's something that we've posted on, um, it can just help you kind of think through a, a creative outline or, or whatever. It's just might as well put it out there and see if we can help someone. I think you can tell as you listen to this interview, and I'm speaking now to our listeners of QFM, that Dr. Archer is a fascinating guy and has 
you know, just studied much and knows the word, and he's going to bring a powerful message for men on this date, uh, Saturday, February 2nd, at Faith E Free Church in Grand Forks, the Act Like Men Conference. It's going to be great. Just one day, 8 to 4.30. I know they have uh, Todd's Barbecue Brisket on the menu. And, uh, you know, you're going to get a free book. I'm assuming one of your books. So uh, there you go. And, you know, if you own a Jeep, you know about biblical masculinity. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Archer, thank you for taking the time. And uh, you sure you're ready for Minnesota, North Dakota cold when you uh, when you venture up here? You know, I've done it once before, and uh, it, it, it's, it really makes you feel like a man if you can survive it. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I like that. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to visit with you. God bless you and your family and your ministry in the years to come. And we'll see you on February 5th. Thank you very much, Philip. I appreciate the opportunity. There you go. Love it. This is your life. God's truth. Your QFM.